Welcome back to the Moms Do Business Different podcast. I'm your host, Kay Hillman, believer, wife, mama, and creator of the Shmoney Mama Gang. Myself and my team support mamas who are service providers and coaches in creating strategies that make buyers say, take my shmoney, and create companies that bring in high cash months doing the bare minimum. Join me for conversations on money, business growth, sales, productivity, and the mindset of being a mom who does business different. Mama, are you ready for the vibe? Listen up and let's get this money. Hey, boo. Hey, happy Saturday or whatever day you're listening to this on. Okay, girlfriend. So I'm whispering, but I'm not like right next to the kids. It's just that I feel like they can hear me and they're going to wake up any minute now. So we're going to make it do what it do. Okay. So today's strategy Saturday question is, drum roll please, I need to find it. Um, okay. So she says, I'm struggling with being someone people come to for support slash advice, but they don't have the money to pay me for my expertise. Do I undervalue myself and reduce my prices to get the sales? Hmm. Okay. So I feel like you've already answered this question, but let's break this down piece by piece. Okay. We're going to start with the beginning. You are currently seen as an authority or someone that people can trust for advice. It looks like people are coming to you for support advice. So they're probably asking you like a lot of questions in your DMs. But for whatever reason, maybe when you pitch your offer or when you're selling, maybe people are just not purchasing. So, um, a couple. Oh gosh, I'm really trying to wake up my kids tonight. Um, But a couple of things that I see happen a lot, um, and I talk about this a lot um, in my coaching. One thing that we have to be careful of is not becoming a DM coach. So what I mean by this is this happens a lot. I want want to start there. It happens a lot because people get um, comfortable and not comfortable in a bad way, but you know, people start to build a relationship with you. And so when they're in that nurturing phase of the customer journey, it's really easy for us as the service provider or the coach to almost blur the lines between our expertise and our authority versus, um, being able to do the hands-on work with them that happens after they pay us. So this is not a bad thing. Like we all make this mistake. I still, um, you know, I make this mistake too. So this is not necessarily a bad thing, but I just want to say that there might be a couple of things that you're doing, right? So like I just said, the first thing is that you might be doing too much DM coaching. And this is going to be really hard to hear because all of us, we just truly want to help people, right? Like as much as, you know, yes, it's about making money and stuff like that. At the end of the day, we do what we do because we want to help people, whether it's coaching, whether it's providing a service or whatever. But the truth is that if you are finding yourself in this weird situation, it is probably because you're giving people too much access to you for free. So what you need to do is to point people to your free content, right? You should have a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, social media content, Facebook lives. Like you need to have some kind of free content that you can point people to. And then once you refer them to that piece of content, whether it's a blog, post, a podcast, whatever, they can binge your content. What's happening when you Um, you know, answer people's questions over and over again in the DMs or, you know, you're constantly like going back and forth with them or whatever. What's happening is that you are basically babying them, right? You're kind of coddling them and it creates this very enabling relationship that transitions into them feeling a friendship, right? Which... It's not to say that we can't be friends with our clients because, baby, your girl is friends with all her clients. Like, I literally just went to tacos, like Taco Tuesday. Well, it was actually a Friday, but I went out for tacos with one of my clients, former clients or whatever like that. So 
It's not that you can't be friends with your your clients because I'm, I don't want a client if we can't be friends. So it's not saying that, but it is saying that maybe you are in a season where you're not able to, um, keep the boundary between, hey, you know, this is actually a conversation that I have with paid paying clients, or this is, you know, something that I do for people that are paying. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different philosophies on this, but truthfully, I believe that if people can't get what they need from my free content, then yes, you do need to pay me, right? You do need to pay me because I don't have a ton of time to just sit down and give away everything, you know, break stuff down for, for one person in my DMs that other other clients are paying me for, right? It's not fair to my paying clients to, you know, do a whole audit for somebody in my DMs, right? So you are likely DM coaching too much and now the lines are blurred, right? Now people are engaging with you more so as a friend, a biz bestie versus a um, you know, professional working relationship. And there's nothing wrong with biz besties, right? Like if you're cool with this relationship transitioning into a biz bestie situation, that's fine. But like everybody shouldn't become a biz bestie, right? Like there should be qualifiers. Maybe I can do a whole episode on like biz besties. Cause like I have plenty of biz besties, but also my, my besties pay me. <laughs> I mean, like, just being honest, my, my, they literally pay me um, and I pay them. Like, whenever I need something that they have, I pay them. Um, so saying all this to say, like, what is probably happening is that you are blurring the lines and it's because you need to set the boundary, right? Because other people aren't going to set the boundary for for you. You have to set that boundary. So now you need to pull back. So the next time that somebody comes to you for advice or they're asking you questions, give them a lead magnet, send them to your free content, tell them to explore some of your other content, or let's hop on a call to determine like what offers the best fit for you, right? There's There's a certain level of professionalism that we need to have in the online space or just in the coaching and service provider space in general, right? We don't have to, you know, lead with friendship level rapport with people. And that's what I see happen a lot. That's what I see people kind of lean towards. It's like, oh, I need to nurture. I need to build relationships. I need to build no, no like, and trust. No, you need to build authority, right? You need to build, you need to um, have a confident demeanor when you're talking to people so that they don't, um, so they don't misconstrue the fact that like, oh no, like I'm a expert in this area, which is why I have this business that provides this service and you have a question about it. So here, let's talk about how we can solve this problem, right? Now, simple questions, cool. Like sure, if you want to, you can answer them. But for me, even when someone asks me a simple question, I point them to content because the truth is that I have entirely too much free content that is just as good as my paid content that I'm I'm just not gonna DM coach, right? I'm just, I, that's a hard boundary for me. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is that you might have too much educational content. Now, hear me on this because I love educational content. So I'm not saying don't post educational content, but what I am saying is that sometimes when you post too much educational content and it's fairly vague, like it's not very targeted or strategic educational content, it's going to create more questions than, um, than actually move people along the customer journey. So what happens is that people will see educational content and because they have follow-up questions on how to implement it, that's where they're going to like, you know, hit your DMs to ask you questions. And if you're not selling in your content that you're educating people on, like if you're just trying to drop really good value, but you're not actually doing a call to action to a paid offer or to a free um, offer that gets them into your funnel, if you don't do that, it opens the door up for them to send you a DM. Like I've had this happen to me time and time again, where someone will DM me my own post and be like, oh, you know, this was so helpful. And then they'll ask me a question that's relevant to their business. Right. And it's because my call to action probably was nothing. Right. It didn't point them anywhere. So, 
when I'm saying too much educational content, the key with educational content is that your educational content needs to be like a micro topic, right? Uh, I see people do these like breakdown posts of this complex topic and it's like, baby, we can't do all that to people because people are going to have questions. And the reason why people pay us as service providers or as coaches is because they need support with the implementation. They need support with the execution. So they hire someone that is an expert to help them with that or to do it for them. And so what happens when we post too much educational content, especially like big picture educational ideas um, or, or uh, topics, it leads them to having more questions, especially if you don't lead them to the next step of the customer journey. So it's not even just about the, the educational content itself. It's more so the fact that you might be posting a lot of educational content. And I see this happen a lot. Um, I didn't look at your content, but I, this is just a common thing that I see. We post educational content, but the call to action is like, you know, let me know if you have any questions about this, or was this something that was helpful? Leave an emoji. Like we post things like that as the call to action. It's like, that doesn't give them anything, right? It really does open the door to them, to people then wanting to DM us with additional questions, right? And that kind of like sets this expectation for them of like, oh, she just gives so much valuable information. Let me reach out, you know, and ask her questions, right? So yeah, they see you as an authority. They see you as somebody that can, you know, give them advice or whatever, but they they probably are just in this mind frame of like, oh, I shouldn't have to pay for this. Or maybe she's not charging for something like this. And then when you do pitch your offer, it kind of feels weird to them because they're like, oh, I thought you were just being helpful. And it's like, <laughs> what? You know, like in your brain, you're like, what? But in their mind, they're not at that stage of the customer journey. More importantly, they're not at the, that stage of the sales process. So when you try to sell to them, you're basically selling to somebody that's just now be, becoming aware of your brand or somebody that's like in that engagement phase. And for them, they get the ick, right? They feel like, oh, my gosh, like she just pitched me out of nowhere. And like, you know, I thought we were building a relationship, blah, blah, right? Like, so those could be like a couple of things that you're doing. So I want to now move on to the main part of your question, which I feel like you already answered when you asked this question, but I'm just going to like, let's talk about it. So your, your question, like the last part of your question is, do I undervalue myself and reduce my prices to get the sale? The simple answer is that it depends, right? I know that, you know, my first answer was no, right? Like I was going to, I was going to say no, but I thought about it and I was like, no, the answer is that it really does depend, right? Do you undervalue yourself and reduce your prices to get the sale? Here's the thing. And here's a question I want you to ask yourself. Will you be able to serve the client fully and without resentment? If you lower your price, will you be able to serve them fully and without resentment? If the answer is no, then don't lower the price, right? Don't, don't lower the price of it because yeah, you could sign them at a lower rate, but you're going to be mad. Like you're going to be upset about it. And you're probably going to, I'm not going to say that you're not going to do your job well, but like, it's not going to be your A game because you're going to be mad about every step of the way. Right? So if you are going to be resent, resentful, if you're not going to enjoy it, then don't do it. But I want to go a step further and question something that you said. You said, you said that, do I undervalue myself? And I want to know, like, why do you think you're undervaluing valuing yourself if you reduce your prices? Because lowering your price does not mean that you are undervaluing yourself. If I could say that word, sorry. But lowering your price does not mean that you have undervalued yourself. Um, I have an episode coming out soon about lowering your prices, but I want you to go listen to episode 267 about why you don't need a high ticket offer and then go listen to episode 271 on how to find people that value your offer. Here's the thing. We have to detach our value from our price, right? And I'm talking about our personal value because you, you literally said, do I undervalue myself? Okay. 
it's not about your personal value. Your personal value, even if you ha- even at your current price, it ain't enough. Okay, let's be real. At your current price, it ain't enough. Like your value is so much more than that. And even your offer, right? Whatever your current price of the offer is, that's still probably not the actual value of the offer. It's probably worth so much more. What your current price is, is what you are allowing and what your um, community or what your market is allowing. But it like your value, specifically yourself and the value of your offer is probably so much more than what you already have it priced at. So lowering the price does not mean that your offer is less valuable or that you are less valuable. But lowering your price may make it to where you can sign a client, you can build up your reviews, you can offer or you can create like offer awareness. And these things will allow you to sell it higher later on if you desire. So I I, I really, um, I dance this fine line when it comes to pricing because I truly feel like one, we should take our emotions out of the pricing. So I feel like right now you're very emotional around your pricing. And what I mean by emotional, I don't mean like, you know, hysterical or anything. I just mean like you're tying something to the price that shouldn't be tied to the price. Your price should be based off of literally math. Like just use math to figure out what the price of your offer should be. And from there, you can lower your price or increase your price, but that doesn't change anything about you. It literally changes how it's going to be perceived by your buyers or how it's going to Um, You know, and when I say perceive, I mean, like, is it going to make it more accessible to them? Is it going to allow more people to join so that now you have more testimonials that you can then use to continue to promote this offer? Right. So sometimes the strategy, it's better for you to lower the price because you get more people in the door. It doesn't mean that you can't raise it later on. But also lowering the price didn't mean that the value of the offer all of a sudden changed. Right. And I feel like something that I talked about in my yearly, like my end of the year recap for last year was just how much like I changed things in my business quickly and my pricing last year was one of those things that I literally tested every price under the sun like I had my offers super super high ticket and then I had them super super low ticket and what I learned is that the value of my offer never changed what did change is my relationship and um, even my confidence around selling certain offers like at certain price points I was on fire at other price points I was like "Mm, this don't feel good to me kind of like going back to that question I asked um, you know would I be able to serve fully without resentment I found that at a certain price point I did have a bit of resentment like nah bruh like this ain't cutting it like I'm doing way too much for this amount right and so maybe maybe just give yourself a little bit of permission to play around with the pricing but take away the thought um and this is going to just be a, a bit of a mindset game for you you have to let go of the thought that lowering the price means that you've undervalued yourself or undervalued your offer because that's just simply not the the case. The other thing that I want to say about this is that you just got to get real about how much money you want and you need to make and set some goals that make sense. And the only reason why I'm mentioning this piece is because something that I see happen a lot when people are like tying uh, the price of something to like their personal value or even the value of the offer. When I see people do that, it happens because we have these certain revenue goals that we're trying to hit. So we force our numbers to match those revenue goals. Now, of course, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like if you have a revenue goal, your offers need to be able to actually uh, be like, it has to make sense, right? But 
The thing is, is that sometimes we set revenue goals that don't make any personal sense to us, right? Like, so for example, and I've been picking on this goal for a while, but it's like making $100,000 in a year. Some people set this goal because everybody else set the goal, but not because you actually want that, that, not that you actually like need it for whatever reason. So I'm saying all this to say, be for real, like get real, like get really honest about how much money you need to make and then set your goals based on, on that, because that's going to help you really think strategically about your price and remove some of the emotional drama that you have around what your price is. And then you can kind of stop saying the whole thing of like lowering your price undervalues yourself because maybe you realize like, and this is something that I realized, I realized that lowering the price, it does not undervalue me in the slightest. What it does is it allows me more room and more space to change the structure of my offer, not have to do as much work. Like, you know, if your price, if your price is lower, you're not going to do as much as you would if it was a higher ticket offer. So like the other thing people don't think about with high ticket offers is like high ticket offers are high ticket work, okay? Let's be real. Like you got a lot of people out here that are scamming. This is about to get me on a tangent, but there's a lot of people out here that be scamming, charging $30,000 and all that kind of crazy mess for programs and literally you don't even talk to them. And it's like, be for real. Like that is the most janky thing ever. So for those of us that are doing things out of integrity, which I'm sure if you're listening to me, you do everything out of integrity. If we have a high price tag on our offers, whether it's $1,000, $2,000, whatever, that means that we have to also be willing to do that level of work um, and provide that level of service for them. So also you want to ask yourself like, is that what I want to do right now? Right? Like, do you want to do that? And if the answer is no, then lowering the price of your offer is not undervaluing yourself. It's actually giving you more space and freedom to do what it is that you truly want to do. So all I want to say is that, like I said, the answer to this really depends. Lower your price if you can still feel good about delivering the offer, right? But if for whatever reason, you're still having a lot of resistance, you're like, I don't want to lower the price of this offer. The offer is already like you feel like it's perfectly priced, you know, when, like maybe you're not emotional about it and that's fine. Like I'm, 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 um, I'm assuming to make this like just something that I can speak more on, but, um, you know, maybe you feel really detached from it and just in your brain, you were like, okay, I feel like if I lower the price, that means that it under it's undervalued. And so if that is the lane that you're in, you're like, I don't want to lower the price. I feel really good here. Then I want you to go listen to episode 275 on the buyer timeline. And then I want you to listen to episode 250 about making offers sell with no audience, if that applies, right? So if you have like a small audience or no audience, go listen to episode 250. Then I want you to listen to episode 245 on messaging. And then lastly, episode two. 49 on what to do instead of lowering your price. Also, I'm doing a pricing workshop and I talk about all things pricing inside of the membership. So you don't want to miss that, boo. But yeah, that's it. So I gave you a lot of resources. You see what I did right there? You see what I did right there? I, could, I mean, yeah, I could have been in the DMs with you. And I mean, well, actually I couldn't because I don't know who this is, but <laughs> I could have been in the DMs going back and forth. But no, what did I do? I pointed you to resources that you can continue to use. And then what else? I pitched my offer and you either get in where you fit in or you don't, right? And that's okay, right? Like some people are going to jump in, some people won't, but I don't feel undervalued. I feel like this was a great use of my time. I was able to showcase my authority expertise. You feel like I'm somebody that can provide advice for you. And like, this was just a beautiful situation. And so I want you to think like this going forward when you're thinking about your offers and when you're thinking about your content, you know, yeah, somebody might ask you a question. 
you don't have to answer them directly though. You can create an Instagram story and talk about it in the stories, right? You can tag them, they can see it, right? So now that one question becomes something that's used for everybody, right? And so that, again, that gets you out of being in the weeds of just being a DM coach, okay? People don't mind when you use their questions and their content as a, um, as a starting point for your content. Uh, for example, with this, with the Strategy Saturdays, I have permission before I post these things, but also I don't see nobody's name. Anybody could have asked me this question, you know? So, you know, as long as you're not like sharing people's name and sensitive information and stuff, it, it's pretty much fine and it's common practice. So I really want to encourage you just to think outside the box about this whole concept of undervaluing yourself um, by lowering your price, but also I want you to recognize where you could be creating a codependent or like an enabling relationship with people, which is keeping them from actually buying your offers. All right, so that's it for this episode. Now you know, boo thing. This is an excellent question. So thank you so much for this, for whoever sent this to me. And again, I would love to see you guys inside the membership. So come on and hang out with me over there. And until next time, I will talk to you later, darling. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I know you loved it, so go ahead and leave a five-star review. Make sure to share this episode and tag me at Moms Do Business Different and at Mrs. K. Hillman so Ayantha knows it's real. May you walk in your purpose and calling every single day to steward the life and business that God has called you to. Until next time, let's get this money.